Hello and welcome back. Happy Easter to you. It's a great day of celebration and we are so happy to be back with you. It's been a long hiatus and the move uh, has been quite challenging, but we're getting settled in. Uh, today we'll be talking to you about the uh, doctrine of the resurrection. And I have with me none other than Pastor L.G. Merritt, who will be presenting the resurrection introduction. Now remember, you can go when we encourage you to go to westbankbiblechurch.com and get the outline there and follow along. Uh, but with no further ado, I turn it over to Pastor Merritt. Well, today we celebrate the who, when, where, how, and result of the resurrection. First of all, let's take a look at the who. Jesus Christ, the Son of God and Jewish Messiah, is the the whom, if you will. How do we know that? Well, no better information or confirmation, we might say, than Jesus himself. In John chapter 4, verse 25 and 26, uh, and in John 9, 35 through verse 38, we have uh, an indication from the Lord himself that he is the Messiah. Let me read John four twenty five and 26. It says, The woman saith unto him. I'm going to pause for a moment because uh, there are a lot of women in this world. And uh, what woman are we talking about here? We're talking about a lady who is a Sumerian. And you know who the Sumerians are, I'll bet, having been with us before, I'm sure. But uh, way back yonder, 721 B.C., the Assyrians decided they would come down and tackle Israel, the northern kingdom. And they did, and they defeated them, and they then began to interchange Assyrians for uh, Israelites, and they got a, you might say, an admixture, a mixture. Uh, and... Uh, <coughs> This woman is one of those mixtures, if you will. All right, the woman saith unto him, I know that Messias cometh. That's a, that, that's a word often used at that particular point in time for the Messiah, the Son of God, the Jewish Messiah, the Son of God. That Messias cometh which is called the Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. So there we have an affirmation from the Lord himself that I am the Messiah. And I think I, some of you may remember how I had a particular person who Asked me the question, did Jesus ever say he was the Son of God, the Messiah? And I said, I certainly did, and I gave him uh, scriptures because he had a Muslim friend of his who was trying to prove that Jesus never said he was the Messiah or the Son of God. And this is a distant cousin of mine who I was very proud of because he was a Navy SEAL and decorated and 
Well, let's go on. Okay. Then we have in John chapter 9, verse 35, reading through verse 38, further confirmation from the Lord himself. Jesus heard that they had sit, sent him out. Well, who is him? Him is an individual who was blind and Jesus had healed him. Uh, and they said, well, who healed you? And he says, I, I don't know who he is, but I do know that formerly I was blind and now I can see. And uh, so they ch churched him, as you may have heard. Uh, they kicked him out of the synagogue. And Jesus began to look for him. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. So again, we have a definite statement on the part of the Lord. Okay, now how about the when? Remember, we talked about having who, when, where, and so forth. Let's say, let's take a look at the when. This is very controversial, by the way. But on Sunday, the last day of Passion Week, and we've studied the doctrine of the Passion Week. We have a doctrine of the Passion Week. And you can certainly go to the website, as David said, and take a look at all of our doctrines, one of which is the doctrine of the Passion Week. And, uh, excuse me, but uh, on Sunday, the last day of Passion Week is when the resurrection took place. It was actually sometime after 6 p.m. on Saturday, the first day of the week for the Jew. Sunday began at 6 p.m. on Saturday. And there are excellent maps on the website that show you the timing how uh, uh, Jonah of course spent three days and three nights in the belly of the well and Jesus himself told them that's the only sign you're going to get after they had asked him tell us the sign of your coming and he said there's only one three days and three nights and if you check that particular schematic entitled Gentile Time, uh, you'll be uh, impressed, no doubt, that our Lord confirmed, and then uh, he rose on Sunday, our Sunday, Israel's Saturday. We'll not get into that, because you can go to the website and Get a lot of information. Uh, so what happened to Good Friday? Well, I'm not going to tell you. But uh, uh, most people who are Bible students would say there's no such thing as, quote, Good Friday, close quote. But we'll not get into that right now. Maybe later. Now, how about the where? Well, it took place outside the city of Jerusalem on a hill called Golgotha. And you'll recall the 
movies that have been made of the Lord carrying the cross up the hill and going to, of course, uh, his spiritual death first and then <clears throat> his physical death. But he took care of the sins of the world. That's the important thing. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, how about the how? Well, God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, by their sovereign power, did the job. Colossians 2.12, 1 Thessalonians 1.9, and Romans 8.11. Let's begin with Colossians 2.12, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. In 1 Thessalonians 1.9, for they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus which delivered us from the wrath to come. All right, in Romans 8, 11, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. All right, the why? Because of the depravity of man. There was just no other way. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Isaiah 53, 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. And we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. In Jeremiah seventeen nine, the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And we also have John fourteen six. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And then Romans three twenty three and six twenty three, two verses that I just think have to go together. All right, let's look at 323. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then 623, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then Romans 512, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men. For all have sinned. And then uh, one of my favorites, Galatians 3.23, But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, but the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. And then lastly, as far as an introduction is concerned, result. What was the result of the resurrection? a heavenly home for all believers, eternal life. John three sixteen seventeen and 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. All right, David, tell us more about the resurrection. Okay, the doctrine of the resurrection, point one. 
In general, there are two returns from the dead. The two are resuscitation and resurrection. 1.1. Resuscitation, as used in this doctrine, is a coming back from the dead to ultimately participate in either the first or second resurrections. 1.2. The examples of resurrections are Paul at Lystra, while on his first missionary journey, which is Acts 14, verses 19 to 20, compared with 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 through 5, and the resuscitation of Lazarus, John chapter 11, verses 11 through 45. Acts 14, 19 reads, And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city supposing he had been dead. Acts 14.20 How be it, as the disciples stood around about him, he rose up and came into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1-5 through 5. I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows. Was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things. Things that man is not permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. David, tell us what H.A. E. Ironside had to say in his book uh, entitled uh, uh, Unedited Lecture Notes, the great Ironside himself. H.A. E. Ironside was writing about Paul stoning at Lystra and the possible nexus of Acts 14.19 and 1 Corinthians 12.1-4. And he wrote, And so this is apparently the end of Paul's ministry. They dragged that seemingly lifeless body out of the city and threw it on the refuse heap. Like the let the jackals devour it, they were done with Paul. But God was not done with him. I like to think... This is the very time Paul had the experience of which he speaks in the second epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 2 through 4. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven, caught up into paradise, and heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. I believe at the very moment they thrust Paul's body away, the real Paul, the man who lived inside the body, was in the third heaven. God said, as it were, I want to show you what I have in store for you. Up there, Paul did not know whether he was in the body or not. If in his body, he did not know it. If out of his body, he did not miss it. David, I like to, how Ironside phrased that because it also tells us that uh, uh, when we die, 
uh, it's going to be a very interesting event because we won't know whether we were alive or whether we were, quote, dead, close quote. But it will be a wonderful experience. Tell us more about that. He continues on. He was in paradise and heard unspeakable things, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. How long he was there, we do not know. We do read that as the body lay there, the disciples stood around about, evidently making plans for the funeral, probably with tears streaming down, saying, What shall we do? We shall have to lay his poor broken body away. But he suddenly rose up. I should have liked to have seen that. 1.3. Jesus comes to the aid of the two sisters of Lazarus. That's from John chapter 11, verses 32 through 45. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother Lazarus would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not be, excuse me, could not he who opened the eye of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. David, what do you think? Or as I might say, what do you reckon he was doing in heaven? Was he listening to uh, David play his uh, guitar? Or was he uh, perhaps uh, listening to old Father Abraham preach? But uh, I have a hunch he wasn't too happy about the Lord calling him back to planet Earth. That's exactly what I was thinking. Let me go. <laughs> That's right. All right, I continue on with John eleven thirty nine. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by the time by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Point two. The resurrection, as it relates to Christ and his followers, it is that point in time where a new body is received and death is no more. There are four such resurrections in this classification, and these four make up what is known as the first resurrection. The resurrection of unbelievers is called the second resurrection. 2.1. The four resurrections for the believer are 
Christ on the first Easter, believers at the rapture, Old Testament saints and tribulation martyrs at the second advent, and millennial saints at the end of the millennium. 2.2. The resurrection as it relates to the unbeliever occurs at the great white throne, where unbelievers are resurrected to receive a body capable of everlasting punishment in a place designed for the devil and his demons. It's Matthew twenty-five forty-one. Doesn't sound all that appealing, G. No, it doesn't. Matthew twenty-five forty-one reads, Then shall we say unto all and to them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. David, uh just have to interrupt her for a second because we have so much information on the internet with reference to those things that you have just described. And I would encourage folks to uh, get into uh, the Word of God and listen and uh, take uh, care to make certain you are well aware of the future, your future, and my future. Again, <coughs> again, because of faith alone in Christ alone. Sorry, David. Go for it. All right. We are looking at another chart. If you're following along the outline, you can see it there, uh, which is entitled The Third Heaven. But continuing on in point three, the resurrection is one of the very basic doctrines of Christianity and must be understood for spiritual growth. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. And, and I would emphasize, David, and excuse me for interrupting again, but uh, not for salvation, but for spiritual growth. Salvation is a product of faith alone in Christ alone. Spiritual growth is a product of taking in the Word of God under the filling of the Spirit. The filling taking place, of course, when uh, we name our sin back to God. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on the hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Point four, the resurrection of believers is part of the good news of the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, 3, and 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the good news which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. For I delivered unto you first all of that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Point five. The importance of the resurrection is emphasized by Paul in his first letter to Corinth. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 12 through 17. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? 
If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Excuse me. The Corinthian Greeks had trouble with the bodily resurrection because they just couldn't picture a body going to heaven. And Paul had to tell them in no one equivocal turn, in uh, as certainty, let's just say, that uh, your body is not going to be the same body you've got now. And he used the example of the of the acorn. The acorn is an acorn, and the acorn is placed in the ground, but it comes out an oak tree. So uh, look forward to your oak tree. Point six, the resurrection of Jesus is part of the strategic victory in the angelic conflict. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20 through 25. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead the first fruits of these who had fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own turn. Christ, the first fruits, then, when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come, when he hands over the kingdom of God, the Father after, he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. Point seven. The resurrection is a direct result of perfect justification. Romans chapter four, verse 25. Who Jesus was delivered for our offenses and was raised because of our justification. John chapter 11, 24 through 26. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me, shall never die. Believest thou this? A question we must all answer. That's an amen to that too. I like that. Point eight, the agents of the resurrection are two. Eight point one, God the Father. Colossians chapter two, verse 12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. Who hath raised him from the dead? First Thessalonians 1.10 And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivered us from the wrath to come. First Peter chapter 1.21 Through him you believe in God, 
who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. 8.2, God the Holy Spirit. So we've got the Father. Now we've got God the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, verse 11. But if the Spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit who dwells in you. 1 Peter 3.18 For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Point nine, the resurrection of Christ is the basis for our confidence in eternal future. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power unto the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Point 10. As earlier noted, there are two general types of resurrections. They are called the first and second resurrection, resurrections. Let's look at the order of the first resurrection. All right, and you can go to the website and you can see an excellent chart, again, entitled Order of the Resurrection. Uh, of course, there's only one resurrection body now in terms of uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the, the four resurrections. Uh, you've got the Lord Jesus Christ now, who I liked what Colonel Theme used to call <coughs> each of the resurrections on this chart. He called the Christ's body. He's the only one right now, by the way, that has uh, a bodily resurrection. Uh, and then the next resurrection, well, the colonel calls that Battalion 1, by the way, is military jargon. And then the uh, next body will be Battalion 2, and that is the church at the rapture. And then there'll be a quasi-resurrection at the end of the tribulation because you'll have the saints who are believers from the tribulation move into uh, <clears throat> the millennium, but they will not have a rapture-type body. Uh, they will have to be capable of regeneration because then there will be a need for, quote, babies, close quote, in the millennium. Uh, but uh, you need to go back to the website and get the details on that because that's a toughie. Uh, that requires a little uh, attention, mental attention. And then we have one other, and that's Battalion 3. And that's the saints of the millennium who are, when we say saints, we're talking about people who have believed uh, in the Christ who is on the earth during the millennium. They're going to move uh, into eternity future uh, and live in the New Jerusalem, which is which is described in the last two chapters 
basically the last chapter, but a little bit in the last two chapters of the, of the book of the Revelation. But we'll not get into that now at this particular point in time, but perhaps later. Point 11. Let me give you several scriptures about the resurrection. Gentile and Jewish age. Daniel 12, verse 2. And many of them, but not all of them, who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life at one point in time, and some to shame and everlasting contempt at another point in time. Kingdom age. John chapter 5, verses 24 through 29. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. I tell you the truth. A time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those, at another time, who have done evil will rise to be condemned. The Church Age, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20 through 22. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Revelation chapter 20 verse 6. Blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them. But they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Point 12. The second resurrection is only for unbelievers. Revelation chapter 20 verse 4 5, 6, 14, and 15. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him 1,000 years. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Let me comment here, uh, David, uh, with reference to uh, the book of life. When you're born uh, as a human being, your name is in the book of life. 
and it will not be stricken until the very last time when you refuse to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And it is at that time that your name is stricken and you will become a, well, a participant in the second death as has been described in the scripture. It's often thought that uh, uh, your name is written in the book of life when you believe but if you check the scriptures you'll find everyone's name was written in the book of life and it is stricken removed the very last time uh, that you have a chance to believe and uh, that's uh, most important when you start studying the book of the revelation Excuse me, Dave. No, that was good. Thank you. Point 13. The second resurrection is a resurrection to damnation at the great white throne because their name was not found in the book of life. Point 14. The resurrection of believers occurs in four taxes or battalions. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 22 through 25. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own turn. Christ, the firstfruits, then, when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all the enemies under his feet. And now we have a chart. And Pastor Murray, you probably know this chart pretty well. Would you care to expound? Well, this is what we call our, res our regular dispensation chart. And it shows the various things that have to take place uh, in time. And uh, you can see it covers various ages, the Gentile age, uh, which is from Adam until Abraham, and then the Jewish age, from Abraham to Christ, and then the kingdom age, when Christ is on the earth, uh, which is, of course, from his birth uh, unto the cross. And then we have... Uh, what I like to call an interim age because it's really not uh, kingdom age yet, uh, uh, not really kingdom age, nor is it yet the church age. So you can see from the chart, I'll just call it the age of grace, the age of the church, and that's where we are today. In fact, if you see the little X down there at the bottom line, that reminds me always of the when you go to the shopping center and you're hunting for a particular store and you find the chart uh, and it says, you are here. <laughs> and that's what that little insignia there means, a little X inside the circle. Hopefully, hopefully the rapture will occur when the Lord himself shall descend from the heaven with the shout with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet them in the air. 
And that's what we call the rapture of the church. And sometime after the rapture of the church will be the judgment of the believers to determine how many crowns you're going to get. Uh, and that's at what we call the Bema, B-E-M-A. And uh, that uh, is sometime after the rapture. I'm really not sure. I used to teach it happens right after the rapture. Then I got to thinking, I don't believe I can document that. So all I can tell you for sure is you, after the rapture, there'll be a judgment uh, of a believer's works to determine which were done in the spirit and which will be rewarded with a crown. And uh, then we have uh, the tribulation, which is, consists of two, three, and one-half-year periods. And that is a time for Israel to be prepared for the millennium. And it'll be a seven-year period. And uh, you can see it will end with the second advent of the Lord Jesus Christ when the Lord himself shall descend from the heavens and set up his kingdom on earth for a thousand years and uh, those of us who are, have been uh, before the Bema had our works evaluated got our reward which is called a Stephanos a crown and we will live in the new Jerusalem and that is described in the 20th chapter of the book of the Revelation and uh, it'll last for 1,000 years, and I don't want to get into that because that is a study of unto itself. But uh, we do know that it'll eventually end at the end of the 1,000 years with Christ triumphant, and the great white throne will occur where the Lord Jesus Christ will judge all unbelievers and determine that all, all the things they did to make themselves right with God were inadequate. And they will be cast into the lake of fire. And no doubt we'll get to that later at some later, excuse me, at some later time. All right, David, take take the helm of the ship again. <laughs> all right, again, we encourage you to go to uh, the website and open up the file for the outline. And we're on page seven where you can see that chart uh, and it's the doctrine of the resurrection uh, again if feel free at any time to hit pause and go open that up but continuing 14.1 the first battalion is jesus christ first corinthians 15 verse 20 but now is christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept axed Chapter 2, verse 31 through 34. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand. Boy, that would have been something to say, wouldn't it, Dave? Yeah, that would have been impressive. You betcha. I don't think I... I believe I'd get a crick in the neck. 
watching him ask sin. 14.2, second battalion, the royal family of God at the rapture. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51 and 52. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Well, we continue on. 3, verses 10 through 14. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so, somehow, to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 35. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. John chapter 5 verse 28 and 29. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice, and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life. Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him 1,000 years. 15.2. These references show that there is a part of the resurrection program which is called the resurrection of the dust. The out-resurrection from the dead, a better resurrection, the resurrection of life, and the first resurrection. 15.3. These phrases have some dead, unchanged, and in a place of torment, where they await a future judgment and sentence to a permanent place of torment. They are judged according to their works. Interesting, well, David. Got another chart. According to their works, uh, the things that they did in the flesh to make themselves right with God. Uh, there's nothing we can do to make ourselves right with God. The only righteousness we gain is a positional righteousness, uh, a righteousness that uh, uh, is a product of faith alone in Christ alone. 
All right, the power is in the Word. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And interesting, interesting, according to their works, not sin. Uh, Why was sin not mentioned? Well, the answer is readily available based upon the fact that Christ took care of all sin. So uh, the judgment will be, and you'll notice it had to have more than one book because people do so many things to make themselves right with God. And yet the scripture tells us that there's nothing we can do to make ourselves right with God. It is only faith alone in Christ alone. My my chapter in there might be pretty small. (laughs) (laughs) Since the the sins were already taken care of. Tell me about it, (laughs) not yours. (laughs) Revelation 20, verse 13, I continue. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Point 16, the dead referred to in Revelation chapter 20 verse 12 can only be those who were left behind for judgment and eternal damnation. Point 17, so on this Easter day of April 17th, 2022 in the year of our Lord, we owe our glorious futures to our Savior's perfect execution of our Father's perfect plan and the knowledge of that plan made so perfectly clear by the Spirit to those who desire to know. Dave, as is our our custom, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, give opportunity for those who are listening and are positive to the Word. Uh, giving them opportunity to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So right where you are, whatever you might be doing, you can uh, simply tell God the Father, I'm believing on God the Son. And on the promise of the word, you will be saved. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. All right, Dave. Again, we thank you for listening. It's so good to be back, and it's great to have Pastor Merritt along beside me now. And we look forward to the next time. So you guys have a wonderful week. 
Have a great Easter and so long.